This is the Ezra Podcast. We're going to talk about the boxing that's happened over this past weekend. That was uh, the main biggest fight to me over the weekend was Danny Garcia versus Jose Benavides Jr. In a fight that was I thought was an interesting matchup on paper. I thought that it made sense for Danny Garcia, who's moving up to 154 pounds. You know, who, who started at 140 uh, was what, to me, his career, all of really his main success was from 140. Went to 147, didn't have the power. The power didn't carry over, and it was really kind of dependent on his power. I thought uh, his timing and his power was very, very important to his game. He didn't really have it at 147, at least not to beat the elite top guys at 147. So him going to 154 to me was um, was interesting because if he didn't have that success there and he didn't have the power there, going to 154 was not going to answer that, right? Was it going to mean your power wasn't going to just skip a weight class and go to the next one? It doesn't usually work that way. So to me, like I said, and I said this in a previous podcast, there's like three signs of the end of your career. One of the signs is moving up to a weight class after you didn't have success in the weight class you were currently in, in your 30s. To me, that's usually the sign of the end. But he was fighting Benavides, who last time out, his leg literally didn't work because he was shot in his knee. He was a three-year layoff for that going into that fight. So there was some, you know, was his leg going to be better this time around? Was the a lot of ring rust because he was three years out? In the last fight, there was there was there was factors in it that made it interesting to me that I didn't really know what I was going to get. Now, what I based my opinion on was I was going to get the Benavides that I saw last time. I forgot to saw the Benavides I saw last time. Then Danny Garcia, he would be there for Danny Garcia to hit. He wouldn't be able to move. And when you're there for Danny Garcia to hit, he's pretty good at his timing. He's pretty good at picking his spots. And this is exactly where he wants the game to be, right? You not being able to dictate... Uh, you know, push him back. You not be dictated to move around from him. Just you standing in front of him, both looking at pick shots. I feel like he feels really confident in that matchup. Now, I think that this Benavides was better than the one that fought before the last fight. I do think that. I do think that. I think that his leg was, uh, he could use it a lot more. It felt like it looked a little more balanced, but he's obviously not the same fighter that he was before he got shot. Not even the same fighter that he was after when he fought Crawford. He's nowhere near that. The one thing that you know, I talked to my uh, I talked to my dad like in between rounds of fights. We talk, we always talk about the fights. My dad knows a lot about boxing. Talks, taught me pretty much everything I know about boxing. And he, he pointed out something that I thought was um, very important. He pointed out that Benavides fights like he's sparring. When he fights, he accepts punches on the arm. He accepts that the guy's gonna work. He even motions like, oh, no, that like that didn't hurt me or that was nothing. Like if it's sparring, like if no one's keeping score of the fight. And he cannot up the pace or up the gear to win the fight. He just doesn't have that in him. Now, like I said, there's all these diminishments to him, but it's also a mentality problem. It's also just the way in the rhythm and the way he flows into a fight that he's just always going to be that mentality where he's just there. He allows you to work. He allows you to get off, allows you to build a rhythm, allows you to use your game. And then he says like, okay, now it's my turn. It's like, he's taking turns. It's telling it's a sparring session. It's if you go and I, I told you to look, review the, um, look this up was Frankie Gomez versus him. Uh, Jose Benavides sparring a wild card. Go look at it. He's been fighting the same way since he was young that he is now. And these are bad habits that were gained over, over sparring over, um, 
maybe even being in with guys better than him or just sparring the same guys over and over again or just relying too much on sparring. And he became where he fought in the mentality of you sparring. And if you remember, if you know anything about the Benavides brothers, is that the one of the things was like they sparred really high level fighters at a young age, right? Well, when you spar really high level guys, the interesting thing about that, especially when you're young or you're coming up, say you're working new things in your game, right? You say you you work this whole time, you're hitting pads, uh, you're shadow boxing, you're, you're hitting the bag, and you're working new things. But when you're fighting guys better than you, and it's really competitive sparring, like it is wild card or a lot of gyms. You can't really apply those to it when the guy's a really high level, when it's a really high level fighter. You can't apply what you're working on because you got to just kind of use what works. You got to kind of use what you, you works in your game already. So a lot of times if you're a guy that's coming up or a guy that's learning and still improving, you kind of need to fight guys more your level or even guys less than you so you can apply and work on what you're working on, right? If you're batting your batter right and you're working on, you're working on your swing and you're working on new mechanics of your swing you go to a machine that's going to pitch at a certain speed the same pitch over and over again so you can work that that swing you don't go to a guy and be like okay you're gonna throw 100 you're gonna throw your nastiest curve nastiest splitter change up and everything like that the next you know 50 pitches while i'm working on my swing work on the mechanics of it you don't do that so there's also that that maybe he just sparred at too high a level where he never really adjusted his game to find out where he's dominant at, right? Maybe he just kind of found out where he can be competitive in a fight. Whatever the reason is that he's stuck in that mentality, all those things weighing against him led to a fight where just Danny Garcia has his way with it. Now, early on, I thought first three rounds I thought could be swing rounds. I know I scored them all for Danny Garcia. I think maybe I gave one for uh, maybe I scored one for Jose Benavides, but I thought they could have been swing rounds. Everything from that I thought was Danny Garcia. And I thought that he was allowed to do what he wants. He even boxed, moved around. He did everything he wanted. Now, he, he has no juice at 154. That's the, the truth of it. He has no juice. He's just a skilled fighter. He's a, 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 a class fighter. And that was all he needed to beat Benavides. But if you're going to get in there with guys like Lubin, Fundora, Zhu, Castano, Charlo... You're going to need something to hold him off, something to keep them honest. I don't think he has it there in this weight class. Now, he is a name, and in a weight class that doesn't really have any names, and I know Jamal Charlo is a very high-level fighter. He's one of the best fighters in the world. I think Danny Garcia has a, you know, a bigger name than him. He's going to get some opportunities, and he might be rushed right away. Like I told you, to Jamal Charlo. You see Tony Harrison calling out for him. I had, I had uh, predicted that fight beginning of this year that that fight would happen. A guy like Fedora would love to be. All these guys want to get in there with him because he he brings name power. Look what he he brings attention. He uh brings a crowd, and you would probably get a decent payday for the fight. And also, it might be easy work for you. So he's gonna get opportunities. My hell, it might get Charlo next. But I don't think he has the juice to be really effective at this weight class. I don't think he's gonna get any really impressive wins at this weight class. I think it's very interesting matchup is what he said he wants to fight Laura at middleweight, but 155 pounds, kind of like similar to Canelo Cotto situation. Like I said, another interesting matchup where Laura's definitely on the downside of career, but I just think that if Laura lands on Garcia and Garcia is not really able, because right now the Laura is not a boxer right now. The Laura is like, he's going to sit down on his punches because he doesn't have the ability to box anymore. He doesn't have the reflexes to box anymore. 
that could be really dangerous for Garcia. I don't see a lot of success at 154 going forward. I thought this was the perfect fight to introduce him, and it got him back, his name back in the weight class and added a name power to the weight class. Like I said, wouldn't be surprised if it's Jamal Charlo. Wouldn't be surprised if it's Harrison. Laura's an interesting idea, I guess. I just don't think any of these matchups are good for him. I would like to see how Harrison holds up late, but like I said, if, if, if Garcia doesn't have the power, then what, how's he going to fall apart? I always forget to switch the picture the first time. Um, so I'm going to do that now to the Danny Garcia picture. Let's go to the co-main event. Oh, as far as, uh, Jose Benavides Jr. I think he's done. I don't, I, I don't see where else he'd go from here. I don't, not really excited to watch him fight. It's not like it's very exciting to watch him fight either last two performances. Um, it's unfortunate what happened to his leg. I think there's also other things in play too, but definitely we can't look past the injuries to his leg, the diminishment of him as a fighter. And that's an unfortunate situation that happened there. In the co-main event, we had Ali Demarizian versus Adam Kanaki. In a fight that I, I, I basically I, I nailed how this was going to play out. Um, they're basically to me the same level, they're same fighter, same style. I think Kanaki, at his best, is a better fighter because he has a way higher work workload that he can do, way fire uh, higher punch output that he can do. But to me, I knew that he was diminished more. He had coming off two brutal losses and Dermizian was just fresher and if they fought the same way and Kanaki was a little bit diminished and wasn't going to be able to keep that pace then I think Ali was going to take control of this fight because he had his body was going to hold up more better well uh was going to hold up better to the shots he was going to be able to keep the energy and I just knew Kanaki would kind of fall apart in this fight that's exactly what happened Kanaki started off very good very fast paced looked sharp I was like okay maybe he doesn't have any diminishment from the Helena's fight and then the second half he just falls apart Ali just starts putting on the pressure. They, Like I said, they both fought in a similar style. It was just one guy was fresher. And that's the whole reason I leaned uh, towards Ali in this fight. He's an interesting, um, just like Kanaki was when he was at his best. Ali is going to take that place of being an interesting opponent for the top guys. I don't think he's ever going to beat a top guy. But he's going to be a guy that's in there to compete and maybe have some interesting fights or uh, you know, bring a good challenge for like up and coming heavyweights. I want to see Ali moving forward. I think Adam Kanaki, I've seen enough. When a guy like that who needs to break you down with a lot of shots and take a lot of shots and you see that he's not taking the shots well anymore, there's no need to really continue. What uh, the asset in his game was that he could get take the shots, right? He could walk through it. Just like I said, Joe Joyce is one of his biggest assets. And when he fights is his chin. And not a lot of times you ever really hear a guy like, oh, well, you hear speed or power or foot movement, but you never really hear like chin or durability or like that. Kanaki at one point was being able to walk through shots and apply pressure and break you down. He's no longer walking through those shots, so he's no longer effective. He's no longer going to be effective moving forward. Right now, Ollie is fresher. He can walk through shots still and still be effective. You know, eventually someone's going to crack him. He's going to get a brutal loss or, you know, just take one too many shots and he won't do that in his next fight. And suddenly the the the, the uh, floodgates will open. He's not there yet. It is there for Kanaki, though. If he fights again, another high-level guy, it could get worse. Or if he fights a lower-level guy, it could be a competitive fight because he is not the level of fighter that he once was. Never was a really high level. Like I said, just interesting mid-level guy. In the opening bout, we had Gary Antoine Russell versus Rancis Bartholomew. 
in a fight that I told you was going to be interesting. Now, I had picked Russell to win by stoppage. That's what happens. He stops Bartholomew in a controversial stoppage. I'll get to it. But the fight was very interesting because of the flaws that no one really wanted to point out by uh, Russell that I pointed out right away. I pointed out. I've been saying for a while now. He punches from too far away. He punches in the wrong position. He has a lot of offense, but he doesn't choose it at the to use it at the correct time. And he, I remember one time Bernard Hawkins described Jermaine Taylor, and he says that he has all this ability, but it's like giving a young kid a sports car. He doesn't know how to drive it yet. He takes the corners too hard. Puts his foot on the gas too much. Hits the brakes too hard. Doesn't know how to handle it yet. Russell doesn't know how to handle his ability yet. It's fixable, his problems. In jiu-jitsu, right, they say... Let me show you the right picture up here. In jiu-jitsu, they say position before submission. That means get in the correct position. So when you go for a submission, right, you land in the right spot. Because... If you're in a, a valuable, if you're in a, uh, if you're in a controlled, if you're controlling your opponent and you go for a submission and you don't have position, you're going to lose everything when you go for it. It's going to be a huge mistake. But if you're in the right position, you go for something, you don't land it. You, if you're in the right position, you can transition to something else. You're not going to lose everything. You're not going to put yourself in a vulnerable spot. Gary Anton Russell punches before he's in position, before he's at the right distance. And he allows himself to get ca- countered. And he got countered a lot in this fight. He got hit a lot. Very clean. And again, Postol and Rancis aren't really known for their power. Okay, They're not devastating punches. But there are devastating punches in this weight class. And if he gets hit like that, I'm sorry. He's going to go to sleep. But it's fixable. It's just going to take discipline. It's going to take someone spotting it. And I think that his brother, Gary Russell, who's one of the best fighters in the world. And technically one of the best fighters in the world. We'll see it because he saw it in the postal fight. He told him to adjust, but I thought I would see more improvements in this fight. I didn't. He was getting hit a lot. Now he has, like I said, he is a sports car though. He, he, he can, he does have the ability, the power, speed, all this combination and uh, explosion to really be a problem for anyone in the weight division. Even if he's still punching at the bad position, punching at the wrong time, he can still win a lot of fights on just ability alone. And he does have skill set. And when he does punch in the right position and he does put it all together, he's a very beautiful fighter. But those obvious flaws that people are trying to tell me that, you know, oh, no, he's an next big thing for sure. It's not a lock. It's not a lock when you have those flaws. It's not a lock. And it's not improving. It hasn't improved from the last time. So you can't tell me it's a lock. You can't tell me that he's going to run through everyone. And he's going to. You can say whatever you can say whatever you want. If you see it right, that's fine. But I'm telling you right now, there's obvious flaws that need to be fixed. And he cannot continuously get hit like this. And against a really high-level guy that's in his prime is, is can really crack. He gets hit like that. He's going to go to sleep. Now, the stoppage. And this was a competitive fight. It was going back and forth. I did feel that uh, Russell was winning the majority of the rounds. But I did feel it was a competitive fight. Uh, some few swing rounds there. When Ranches got dropped, I did think, like, okay, He's he's gonna it's beginning of the end, right? He's kind of in a bad position, and he's not gonna be able to hold up to all, all the shots that are that Russell is landing. You know what I mean? But when he dropped, he got up, he stumbled. But you gotta give him the full eight count. Gives a full eight count. He turns around. The guy tells him, "Look at me. Come here." He does all those things. The ref looks him in the eyes and stops it. Now I can't see the 
when he's looking at that, I can't see what he's seeing. So it's hard for me to say, oh, it's a horrible subject because maybe his eyes are rolling in the back. But there is a replay where the camera is facing that uh, angle, and it looks like he's looking right at the ref, and it looks like, yes, he's hurt, but it doesn't look like it's worthy of a stoppage. I thought it was a bad stoppage, a premature stoppage, which is interesting because it's, it's kind of two premature stoppages for Russell, even though it seemed like he's on the way to win both, especially the Postol one. This one, I thought so too. But I thought it was a bad stoppage. Do I want to see that fight again? I don't know if we need to, honestly. I, I had Russell winning the fight. He got the. Uh, he got, it's not like he wasn't, you know, heading in the right direction either when he drops him. I don't. I don't think I need to see that fight again. I, you know, get Rancis another fight. PPC's never had a problem getting their guys fights on cards and opportunities. But I, I kind of want to see Russell go to the next level. I just need to see improvement. That's what we need to watch going forward. It's like, is he going to improve? Is he going to punch at the right distance? Is he going to? do the right thing is he going to put himself in position to where it the odds are higher for success for him than his opponent because right now sometimes where he's punching it's almost like 50 50 some sometimes honestly it's 40 60 for his opponent his opponent he puts himself in position where it's like his opponent has better chances of coming out with a better outcome than for where he's punching it's 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 a big mistake it's, it's something that needs to be fixed right away and i it, I, I'm hoping they see it. I thought they saw it last time, but it doesn't seem like it's improving. But it, it's going to take a lot of um, dedication to the mind, you know, your thinking, your thought process in there, and just drilling stuff of like, why don't we punch from this distance? What are we going to do to cover the so you can cover the spot? How do you get to the spot you need to be at? It's those type of things. I did want to talk about on the prelim. We had uh, Dervichenko fought Conley and. You know, Dervichenko, I don't expect him to be a world champion or could be competing for a world title anytime soon, but he did look still fresh in this fight. His his reaction looked good. His speed looked good. His pace looked good. His, feet, his balance looked good. His feet looked good. I still think he's an interesting guy to watch um, uh, fight, and I, I don't mind seeing him fight anyone really at 160 besides, you know, like, I don't need to see him fight Jamal again, but a fight with Laura would be interesting with him uh Dervinchenko, uh, Montiel, you know, there's some interesting guys, uh, let's say Jensen Rosario, guys like that, that I, I wouldn't mind Dervinchenko fighting. To me, he still seemed like a credible guy, and I, I still like the way he looked in that fight, so I just want to bring that up, because that was on the prelims, you know, maybe a lot of people didn't see that, that was on YouTube. Another card we had was um, Billiam Smith versus Chamberlain, uh, CBS versus Chamberlain. In a fight that ends up being very damn good. Uh, really highly entertaining fight. A lot of action. I, you know, it started off with uh, William Smith just kind of applying a lot of pressure on Chamberlain. Uh, physical pressure as well. It's like some grappling, some uh, against the ropes. And he, he's really comfortable working here. And he's just applying on Chamberlain. Chamberlain's responding. It's a, it's a good action fight. But I thought CBS takes, you know... First three rounds, I was like, okay, this is all this is all him. Now, then you start seeing, I know it's not the spot the Chamberlain wants to be in, right? He's not in the comfortable position for him. It's a lot where, where William Smith wants to be at. And then you start seeing a little bit of adjustment of Chamberlain getting a little bit of distance that he needs um, to find his shots. He actually hurts William Smith as he's coming in. So that also kind of like turns the tides a little bit, right? He needed to do something to change the momentum of the fight. And that, that happens. But the problem with, with Chamberlain is he, he never had the leg movement or skill set to keep his 
distance. And then when he did get distance, and maybe sometimes he didn't really earn the distance, but he just he got distance, he didn't react off it. He didn't work off of that. He lost it right away. He allowed Billy Smith to really just kind of walk in. Like sometimes he wouldn't walk in or anything, behind anything. He just kind of walk in and cover that space. And because Chamberlain wasn't in the shape or didn't have his timing down right to capitalize on that distance, because if he would have, I mean, I think this is a completely different fight. If I'll be honest with you, I think as as you've seen towards the second the second half of the fight's going, Billy Smith is dead tired. He's just as tired as Chamberlain. He's just beat down as Chamberlain. It's the truth. But because he's able to put himself in a position that he's comfortable with, he's able to go rounds because he's in a spot that's pure comfort for him. It's a comfort zone. He's on the inside. He's leaning. He's using his strength. He's resting on top of Chamberlain. And Chamberlain's getting pushed back. He doesn't have the legs for the fight on the inside. He's not comfortable in it. When he punches, it takes a lot of energy for him. When William Smith's on the inside, you can see he's just working. It's just like he's working on the back. It's where he wants to be. And if Chamberlain could have kept that distance and got it right away, you see it in the 12th round when he hurts William Smith. And Billy Smith is out, like pretty much out on his feet, and there just wasn't enough time left. He could have did this a lot earlier. C- CBS could have been out a lot earlier in this fight. It seems like, you know, like, oh, he's putting it on Chamberlain the whole time, but really it, the fight could have been uh, completely flipped on his head if Chamberlain just reacted when he had the distance and just put work in when he had distance, but he wasn't, didn't have the, first of all, didn't have the conditioning to do it. Didn't have the leg skills to do it. Didn't have the footwork to do it. And when he got to that position, he didn't like his timing and his distance. He couldn't feel his distance. A lot of times it's just, where's the fight going to be had, right? Is it going to be against the ropes? Is it going to be a counter punching? Is it going to be middle of the ring? Is it going to be one guy moving forward, one guy moving backwards? The other guy can get pushed back. It's a lot of times it's just, where's the fight happening? This fight was happening on the inside with Chamberlain against the ropes and Billy Smith being able to push forward. They're both dead tired. They're both landing good shots. But... CBS is in the position that is most comfortable to him. And because of that, that's why he, he wins the fight. That's why he has success. Now, do I see him going on with great success on this thing? I, I'm honestly no, because I thought that the, if Chamberlain would have fought a distance, it would have been the uh, CBS would have probably been out of there. That's the truth of it. And anyone, I don't think anyone like the top guys, like a Coley or something like that. Is gonna fight like that? I just don't. Or Opatia. I, I These guys can box. They can move. They're in shape to do it. He would be in a lot of trouble if someone, uh, if Chamberlain was a little better shape and a little more sharper with his footwork on that night. He would have been in a lot of trouble, I think. And that leads to uh, Ben Whitaker. And I think the Ben Whitaker has to be talked about because this guy has the it factor. He's a charismatic fighting style. And that's what I always talk about. It's like an it factor, charismatic fighting style, talks trash, overly confident, all the makings of a of superstar in boxing. And to me, he has the goods. For I mean, from what I'm seeing, he has the goods. Natural. Um, some things in there he does you can't teach. Great feel, seems like. Now, like I said, he, he, he looks to ride punches, stuff like that, at a higher level speed and someone with good timing he might get more in trouble in that but you got to see him keep going you know what i mean maybe he's able to do this with higher level guys but against a lower level guy we fought this time he did exactly what he needed to do he got the KO in the second round and looked flashy while doing it stood out while doing it they said that he might be on the joshua undercard i, I don't care whatever he's on i'm gonna watch 
he just has a star qualities. It reminds me of, uh, I see some Israel Adesanya in him. Uh, just uh, eccentric, an eccentric personality with it seems like the skills to back it up. We're going to see, you know, how hot, how he looks against higher level guys, you know, as they move along. But he's definitely someone to watch. This guy looks like he could be something special and not just in the ring, but outside the ring. And that's that's really important. It really is it's really important. In boxing, you should want stars. You should want star power. That helps build the sport and get the sport to the highest level. And it'll get more guys paid. It'll get more attention than everyone else. This guy might have that. We, To me, he definitely has it if he can keep the success going. But that was today's podcast, guys. Thanks for listening. Like I said, follow me on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple, anywhere you can find podcasts. Twitter, Ezra Boxing. Instagram, Ezra Boxing. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.